This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode may contain spoilers from Akawar and Empire of Storms and does mention Soul of the Deep, Buffy, and the Wicked King. For full list, please see show notes. Everybody and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie, Jessica Marie is here too, and this is part two of The Empire of Gold by S.A. Chakraborty. Please enjoy. It's also here that uh, Faiza learns that Nari is Shafit. And this is the first time that Nari has like said it out loud. And it's kind of a bonding moment that she has with Faiza. And it's nice. Uh, just like you said, another female friendship. And it is jarring then to go from this to Dara fucking a dancing girl at the party that Mutadir put together. I was just like, whoa. It's... I. I, I- <laughs> That was I know. I was like, not Dara hooking up with the dancer. <laughs> was like, I mean, I was listening to this as I was making breakfast, and I was like, what is happening? I was like, oh my gosh, Dara. But, but okay. then he's also trying to like use that he was like, oh, I'm still really in love with uh with Nari, but like she's here so i'm gonna keep going with that and then he's like having like some sort of pillow talk but not really because they've just been fucking in an alley and he's like what's it like working with moon to deer and like you're trying to ask all these questions because now him and moon to deer are just gonna kind of like collaborate and work against Manaiza. and she's like he's good like he, but he underestimates women and, but he's also just like his dad and people forget that because he's so charming and he's so pretty and he knows to flirt like the rest of them. But make no mistake, he's putting Devabad before anything else. This is also where Dara finds the slave ring chamber. This is like the worst possible thing that he could find at like the worst possible time. And it really drives Maniza uh further along the path of destruction i think um because it's here where maniza confesses how she knew about dara what she did to dara and basically admits that he is just the product of experimentation and it, it really, it hurts him. And she's like, I knew it would hurt you. This is why I didn't tell you. So she's telling him to hurt him, uh, which is mean. And and I kind of feel for him in this moment. 
Because it's very much a, I to- it feels like Manaya's is doing the I told you so. And I'm guilty of that. I'm not, but not in the way that she is too. She's like, now will you listen to me? Now, next time I tell you, I'm not going to tell you something. Now you know what it feels like. So you never question me again, because this goes back to the paranoia with the loyalty. Yeah. And, and what she tells him is that Kaveh, uh, Rusham, her brother, Rustam, her brother, and Maniza found the ring when they were children and she got like a vision of, of, of what was inside of it, like memories inside of it. So Maniza knew who he was. They brought the ring to Devabad. They did a bunch of research to try to find out what was going on, what happened. And then they started doing experiments to revive him. And then this is where the reveal that Nari is not her daughter really kind of hits home because she's lying here. She's like, I was pregnant the second time. I had to flee. Then Nari was born. And then, you know, um, I was going to use her to like bring you back, like all of this stuff. It's like, see, okay. So this is another reason why, again, the, the, the twist that Nari is, is not her daughter was so big because she's acting like, you know, I was pregnant one time and Jamshed is my firstborn and he's my boy. And now you're thinking, oh, wow, she's really going through it. And you're also led to believe that the three of them, her brother, her and Maniza and Kaveh, were just like three best friends that were all really, really close. And they've been going through this shit since childhood. Yes. Yes. And, 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 um, Shaf- or so Nari is Shafit and Maniza says that like, yeah, her father is like a servant or whatever, but all of this, all of this, these are all lies. These are all lies. I, I just thought of something that I was like, wait, the connection is there because at some point, um, Ali or Ali had made a comment of like, or ma- that her parents were Egyptian and she goes, wait, my parents were Egyptian. Like, it has to be from my father's side because my mother is Maniza. Right. I'm sorry. I'm still like, remember, I've just only gone through like one read. So like, I'm connecting little things. We got to do another one of those. Isn't it? It's so fun. It's so fun. Um, But so she says like, Nari is Shafit. Um, Kaveh doesn't know any of this, um, but Eshma does. Um, Maniza does not know how to free the Ifrit. Uh, Nasreen is the one who recovered Dara's ring. Which we knew from the end of book one because of the ashes and she pulled from it, all of that stuff. Okay, yes. Yep. And the uh, Maniza doesn't know how or why Dara has come back the way that he has. Um, you know, she uses her, her the dead Nahids, she uses these people, this tomb that she finds Right now, she uses them later on to bring Dara back again. Um, but this is this is this horrible, mean, 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 mean confession um, that Maniza gives, and it's like, oh, and it gives us information. But again, it's like a red herring because this is like false information given to us, uh, the reader, which is all very good and well. Uh, I did not expect to see. Cousin Musa in the jungle with Ali and Nari uh, when they make it to Shefala. But I figured, like, as soon as um, they were like, I knew who that is. And there was like, Cousin Musa. I was like, well, he was in book two for a fucking reason then. I Pay forgot off. about Cousin Musa. Even after I listened, I had to, like, re-listen to our 
episodes on book two to be like, okay, get me in the mindset for book three and refresh anything. We do not talk about Musa there. That's fine. That's fine. But we've got cousin Musa. Cousin Musa um identifies Ali, who is uh um uh, not looking his best, just to say the very least, and ends up taking them to Hatsap. Thank God. Um, but the question is, where is Rajed? Rajed, he is there. Um, because he fled when Ghassan died and he took Jamshid with him because that is where the, he, in his mind, that is where the next authority was. Um, and, uh, Ali is, is shocked. He is shocked and, and astonished at, at all of this, at this reunion. And I love his mother. I don't know if I've said that. His mother is great. Ja- and we should also note that Jamshed is not like being treated like a regular person. He's tr- being treated like a prisoner at this point. Um, so then everybody's like, okay, yay, he's alive. And even Nari's like, cool. That's my brother. Well, that's revealed. And everybody's like, wait, did you know why, why are you not acting surprised? And she's like, oh, yeah, I did know. And they're like, what did we say about no more secrets? No more secrets. God. Uh, but, but they go to Jamshed right away, like right away. And if we're talking about secrets, uh, Jamshed is like, hey, hey, I love your brother. Ali, <laughs> I love your brother. I don't care if you know anymore. Um, but <laughs> well, and then he even says like, oh, sorry. Like, and he has like a one on one with, with Nari too. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, hey, sis, I know that's your husband. And she's like, it's okay. He told me to tell you he loves you too. <laughs> yeah, like, it's all good. It's all good. We all know. We all know. It's all fine. It's all fine. But then Ali is like, I can't judge. Like, how can I judge? Like, he found, like, a little bit of happiness. And this is, again, Ali's, like, character growth. Um, because uh, originally he would have said that that's a sin. Um, but then oh, this is the part where he's, like, questioning sins because he's like, but who am I to who am I to judge? Because yeah, look at me. I'm, look at me with my husband's wife. Uh, but then Nari's like, hey, Jamshid, Jamshid, you're stationed, my man. You are a Nahid. Uh, you have magic, even though nobody has magic right now. But you have magic. Uh, you are the um, Banu Nahid. Like, come on, rise up, take your station. And I like that for Jamshid. Jamshid had gotten the shit end of the stick for a really long time so to see him kind of step into himself i enjoyed seeing it well look again with the six years like he was not healing at all and it like even later in this book they try to be like hey jamshed like you can heal you wear the ring and then he's like i I can't take the ring the ring's not working like but i mean everything with the ring does wind up working out but it's it's just i love that Nari and Jamshed, the way that they're reunited, like we have to remember that they they were they left finding out that they were siblings, and I'll use that in air quotes. And he go and he even tells her he goes, "You being my," and she's saying like you said, he's got the shit out of the stick, and he goes, "You being my sister is the best thing that has happened to me in years." Like he's just so happy to have this sibling dynamic with Nari. Nari is not happy to be awoken by Hatsap thinking that it was Ali. She was so smiley and giggly. She was going to talk to Ali, but it was his mom. Worst case scenario. Um, and his mom is like, hey, truth bombs. Mutadir is alive. 
BT Dubs. BT Dubs, Muchadir is alive. And and we're not going to tell Ali. We're not telling Ali. Uh, because Ali will do something rash and he will rush off to s- save Mutadir. We all know he will. So let's lie. We're going to lie really good about this. And uh, by the way, Devabad is in complete chaos. And also, um, by the way, Issa is here. He's here. Let's talk. Let's all share information about what's going on. Oh, but not Ali because I drugged the shit out of him. I drugged the absolute piss out of him. Um, so no. But also, but also, Nari, why don't you marry him and and set yourselves up as king and queen in Tamitri and just live here? Why not? Why not? Let Devabad be Devabad. Why don't you just set yourself up here? And then later in some years when you're strong or whatever, maybe then you you you, you take it. But like, let's chill. Let's chill. Let's chill. And Nari's like, I mean... She's not but hating like, the idea. Yeah, she's, she's like, not because these are also the conversations. She's like, "Can you really say that you love Moon to Deer?" And she's like, "This is so weird. This is my mother-in-law. Like, we know it's a marriage of convenience." So she tries to like project and put the questions back on to her. And she's like, well, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was with Gasan, but I was also like. Maniza was in the picture. He was also in love with her. And I was scared of this crazy bitch. Like, it was, it's a very different scenario than what you have with Muntadir and Ali. But also, Hutset doesn't know that the, the marriage with Muntadir was essentially set by Ghassan because he's like, this is what, this is a marriage of convenience. Yeah, and they also don't know that Ali wakes up and stumbles to a mosque. In character. In character. Ali wakes up in a new place, goes to the mosque, um, and stumbles upon his grandfather. And he starts to win people over at the mosque by talking and listening and just being with them, which is something that he has consistently done through all three books. Um, He finds his peace talking to people and being in the mosque. And we love that for him. And it is there that he starts to build the goodwill of the people. And it shows the stark difference between what Ali is doing, which is going to the mosque, being with the people, talking to them, hearing their grievances, and Maniza, who it is now two months. It is two months now. We have a nice little time break. Um, Maniza has worked with Mutadir, and they are trying to have this peace summit. I haven't noted that they came carrying weapons. In my head, they, like, the peace summit was interrupted with people showing up with weapons. In my head, they were human weapons, because that was a big thing. Am I in the wrong? You look confused Nope, you're now. absolutely okay. right. Okay. Um, that I, that, because this, even, this is, because this is where Dara is like, wait, what's going on? Like, why are these I have like human weapons this he goes this is just not again things are clicking for him he goes none of this is turning out or aligning with the things that Maniza has told me we're supposed to line up but he's also completely out of the loop now too because she's not divulging anything to him no no and he's gonna stay fucking out of the loop because Muchadir stabs him in the fucking like stomach with the iron uh solution so he he is he is out for the count he is done he is done and Muchadir with that old lady with those weapons is just like hey 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 i'm starting a revolution let's get it get it 
Um, but this is also where the breaking point for Maniza happens. And this is Kave is uh, killed in the street. He is ripped apart um, by the um, members of this peace summit and the Shafi and the Giziri, all of these tribes. Um, that's bad because Kave was the only one that she would listen to. Was the only one that she would listen to. And it's what snap. Like if we didn't think she was already on the edge before, like this is where she snaps because of his, like her, she, again, to go back to like questioning everybody's loyalty, he was the only one that she felt and believed was loyal to her. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's, it's not good. It's not good. Also, not good. And also happening kind of almost at the same time is the monsoon Marid comes and possesses Ali on Nari's balcony. And this is, and you know, something is up because he won't open his eyes. He, like he, he keeps his eyes closed the whole time because like Ali is acting a little strange, right? It's raining. He's out on the balcony. Nari comes in. He's talking to her a little more freely and emotionally than he usually does and it's like okay okay ali all right but then he doesn't open his eyes and you're like that's not ali that's not ali i know i know how this works he's possessed damn it i know because this is the part i wrote i go finally ali is coming on and flirting with nari where was this a couple chapters back and then i put jk it's the marid (laughs) Mm-hmm. But this is also um, a chapter that's after um, a fight that Nari, an argument, I won't say a fight, an argument that Nari has with Jamshid. So she's in this room. The Marid has Ali possessed. Jamshid comes in and he's like, hey, sis, I know we're fighting. I know you don't want to talk to me. And this is the moment where he's like, oh, there's somebody else in here. And she also goes to say, this isn't Ali. This is a Marid. And she gets shut down by the Marid. So he's like, get away from her. Don't touch her. I knew you were a piece of shit. Gets like really protective as uh, like as her brother. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is also when like so like Sobek is like, hey, why? What is this? What is this? What is going on? And the monsoon um, Marit is like, hey, I'm Tiamat's messenger. Submit to Tiamat. What the fuck is going on here? Uh, and this is where we have our whole like kind of uh, deep ocean subplot. It kind of starts here. Um, you know, because we learn through all of this that um, Sobek basically um, bred a race. Uh, uh, of descendants and Sobek isn't that far removed either he's like not even just a grandfather he's just great grandfather that's it just like once removed yeah he's right there um so he this is like what we learn um through like there there there's like there's a palm slice situation there's there's a lot of stuff going on here um but we learn that Sobek has descendants Ali is one of them and he was ordered he Sobek was ordered by Tiamat to bring all of his descendants down to her realm and Sobek ate them all instead this is again a uh, a point of um disgust for Ali which is brought up later um 
But the Marid says that Ali is like his little hatchling. And because uh, he's your little hatchling, Tiamat wants to know. So you you have to go. You've got to go like soon, by the way. And, uh, you know, it is what it is what it is. I was not expecting any of this subplot at all. No, I, my note was like re- reference to go back to it. Plot, 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 plot. <laughs> I was trying to get more details to go back to chapter 30. But this is why we do rereads. This is why we do rereads. Um, because we go from the, the these like orders to go down to the ocean to go to Tiamat or like the world's going to break to uh, Dara waking up with a big like bracer and all of this like horrible like magic going through him. What did What did we think about this? Well, this is also the part where like – He's finding out that Kaveh's dead. He's like, oh, that really did happen. And he's glowing because that's also like every time that's a note that like every time he gets cut or like a different piece of him is showing, he starts to to glow. No. Was yeah, that, was that, I yeah. was like in my head. I was like, why is this feeling very Captain Planety? <laughs> and his skin is starting to like fissure a little bit and to start to rupture a bit. Yeah, it, this is this is. This is pretty wild stuff here. So he's got a bracer and he we learn that he was brought back to life through the sacrifice of all of the Nahids that were in the crypt and using a bunch of Ifrit magic. Um and Maniza has lost it. She has absolutely lost it over the killing of Kave. Uh and it is here where she takes his eye, right? Uh Maniza takes Mutadir's left eye and where it is clear that um, things are never going to recover with Maniza in charge. No, no. My question, is this also the part where, like, I guess the behind the scenes part for the chapter that we get with Nari, where it's like one of Maniza's messengers and they're talking about the relics and she goes, no, no. You're good. Where Nari's like, no, you can't dump them. If this is so important, I want you to count out every single relic because every relic is connected to a soul, is connected to a body. And they were like, they're like, if this person, if Maniza's running shit and she's doing things so well and she cares about the Deva people, count it out. Tell me how many people made taking over Devabod worth it and we know that this is just like a small fraction um for this particular instance because if we go back to the beginning of the book um uh, uh, dara makes a comment to someone where they were like doing a death toll count and Dara's like mm, let's let's don't have like the exact numbers because we may, may need to fudge them a little bit so we look good <laughs> Yeah, because this is the arena. This is where Maniza is soaked in blood. Her dress is soaked in blood. She's like sitting on the platform and she's just like ordering every the Ifrit and using her own magic to murder everyone to take out all of the noble houses. Because again, um, the loyalty, this is the loyalty. And this is where Dara stumbles in and he's just horrified, completely horrified at what is going on. Um, and it does strike a very upsetting scene uh, because she is using, she has tainted herself and she's using her healing magic to hurt. And uh, she's fucking covered in blood, man. She is, she is in a revenge only mindset. And that shit is terrifying. 
Well, because she snapped because Kaveh's dead. And and it's interesting because Nari also brings it up later in the book, or maybe it was somebody else who was presenting Nari the example of you and Maniza are both Banu Nahids and you both have healing magic. And look how differently in the choices you make of how you are deciding to use that magic. Yeah. And um, I want to talk about the magic of Ali finally kissing Nari. Ah! It's so good. It's so good. Oh my God. And I love Nari too, because Nari's like, he's like, wait, she's like, no, don't stop. Yeah. No. She doesn't hesitate. <laughs> she doesn't stop. And then there is a moment where you can tell that she's like, this is like the most action she's ever he's ever gotten. Maybe I should ask him. She's like, do you want to stop? And he's like, nope. No. <laughs> but I kinda also, we can't keep doing this because you need to cut the ring out of my heart. Like, yeah, it's, it was just so short lived that you're like, oh, because he's like, I can't do this to you because he's thinking what we had mentioned earlier in the episode is you have to kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and, and it's such a it's such a sweet moment, too, because it, it harkens back to like Nari like crying on the river. He's like, it's just you and me now. And and Ollie's like, my whole family is because of like a marred scheme. Um, but but like Ali and Jamshit and Nari working together to cut out the ring is just like a really wonderful little scene of just like partnership right and like they're trying and it's working and then like they're and Nari's like jump shit you take the ring you take the ring and then they're like scrambling on the floor after she's like god this is there's no dignity in this John should having to wear the ring it's staying and he's like it's not staying on my finger it's not vanishing I don't know what to do I'm looking at my notes um and this is the open heart surgery part yeah then she gets the ring on and I just put, finally. Yeah, and she puts the ring on and she like kind of sees like a knothead kind of in her memories. And it's like, oh, hmm, excellent. But then but then uh, Ali is like, I'm going to Tiamat. I'm going to Tiamat. It is what it is. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Um, and then, but he but he essentially says that he loves her, right? Because she's like, like, they make their promises. Yeah, yes, because she always references to this point later on in the book. She's like, why did you promise me this? Why did I promise you? Like, it's always like, I shouldn't have said that, you know, and because even later on, she goes, I don't know, Jamshid, he's not coming back. Like, admitting that this promise was just like a farce almost. Yeah, but, 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 but it's but not it because... No, it's not because Fize is there and Fize is going to sail with them. She's not like standing for it. Um, Hatsup packed the boat full of tribute and full of like supplies for them. They have to sail a certain way. Uh, and then it is very um, Hunter and the Heart series by Diana Ortega when their ship Dara and uh, Ali and Fize's when their ship is in the ocean and then it just goes straight down. Down. Yeah. Can you tell like, me you didn't imagine, like, oh, you could just, like, picture that. And I know we talked about it and um, when we were discussing book two of how well this would look on a big screen. 
Because this yes. is easily like, yes, it's a three book trilogy with a fourth novella and that is a confirmed thing. And yes, we've had multiple episodes because we are very long winded with the series. You could break up this franchise. Give me a part one and part two. Or maybe it just goes by quicker all in a book or in a movie in general because you don't have all the descriptions because you're visually seeing the descriptions. But this book two could easily be part one, part two of a movie franchise. Easy. Or book three. Easy. Sorry. And yeah. gosh, how how gorgeous would it be? Just the oh drop. Gosh. Just that, yeah. like, this could be, because we're at the drop. This is chapter 34. This could be, like, drop scene. Hire me for TV development. There you go. There you go. <laughs> as as everyone should, because you have the best opinions. Uh, what's your opinion because on... of you. No, <laughs> like, it's no. A part, it's a partnership. It's our partnership. What is your opinion on Dara being fully <sighs> enslaved by Maniza now? Oh, it's awful. It's awful. So this is the part where it's funny because we were talking about this in book in in for book one and two in our in previous episodes that you kind of want to feel bad for him. And so now we're in chapter 35. Dara is like he's realizing that the Devabod that he was behind, uh, he was supporting Maniza, like, this is the future. Like this is a mistake. Following Maniza is a mistake. The city is dying. Him and Maniza are arguing. He's like, well, Kaveh's not here. I need to be the person who kind of has to stand up against her. And he's, he's just like, and she's like, you don't, you're doubting me. You're not loyal with me. He goes, that's not what this is. The whole thing I'm thinking of is these are the kind of things that you had said and the actions aren't really aligning anymore. And let's just get back to that place. And she goes, you don't like making decisions. You don't like executing things. You no longer have to. I control you and puts the ring on. And you're like, you're gutted for him because he really was a true believer up until a certain point. But it reminds me of, um, again, this is a politically heavy book. There are great ideas in politics that people get behind certain political leaders. And then when that turns, you're like, oh, I, I fucked up. This isn't, this isn't what I wanted. I, yeah. I imagine this going a whole different way. Yeah. Cause Dara says like, um, you know, I'm here to help you be the best version of yourself. Like I am your off sheen. I serve you. I'm supposed to like, be here and tell you like you've gone too far like you're becoming a monster and she's like i don't care like it, it i have to fix it she's she really thinks like i have to fix it, it it's gone too far it can't all be for nothing like you know kave's death has to mean something it can't all be for nothing so what have you been doing off sheen and this is where she commands you know uh you know, he's done this, this, that, and the other. I know where Zainab is. I had a meeting with her. Uh, all, all of this stuff. And just like you said, uh, like you said, she's like, okay, I'm going to control the fuck out of you. You don't have to think anymore. You're just going to be a weapon. Sleep now. And Dara's out. He like goes away pretty much because in this form, he's essentially like a genie. Yeah. Yeah. It was really sad because now, yeah. And then like everything. She has him doing her dirty work. She's like, you are my weapon now. Yeah. And, and also it is, tell me everything that you've been hiding. It's awful. It is just awful. Um, 
not as awful as the gross, like, diseased uh, animals that uh, Maniza sends to Dimitri with her. This is the um, vessels moment that you were talking about, Jess, the envoy um, with the demands. And uh, this is also where Jamshit confesses to Nari and uh, that he is the one who poisoned Ali. I love Jamshit confessing that he's the one that poisoned to Ali, to all of these people, to like Mutadir and to Ali and to Nari, because they all react and they're just like, what? Really? You? It, it's it's just funny. <laughs> and this is also the chapter where Muntid- like everybody is also finding out that Muntadir and Zainab are alive because that person who's like, oh, here are all my relics. This is what we're going to trade. And then they were like, wait, we'll trade. We'll give you Zena back. We'll give you Muntadir. We want Jamshid in return. And yeah. oh, by the way, we need him in five days. And they were like, that is physically impossible because it takes longer to get to Devabad than five days. Yeah. And they're like, well, whatever. Bet these diseased, I think there's a hawks, uh, can get us there in three. So get fucked. And it's like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, Nari is removing all of the indentured servants, um, brands from their necks from Paisa's crew. Uh, good stuff. The Shedu then comes to Nari. Here he is. How t- with the amount of times the Shedu has shown up and why I didn't realize the big role that Mishmish was going to play at the end of this book. Right there. Right, it's, right, it's right, right there. there. It's right there. That's why that's why we reread. Uh rereading Ali in the Abyss is very scary. I hate the ocean, respectfully. Uh so this was very scary to me being in this like realm at the bottom of the ocean it's dark he's cold right he's running into like these ruins he can't find Faiza. um there's an attack and sobek comes and saves him and he's like he is kin he's not an attacker um and then we have tiamat and tiamat is a cross between like a lion and a dragon with tentacles it's all very scary yeah and it's where they were like wait go back to what you said he's kin like, I heard you, but you just kept going. We need a rewind because how is this all connected? Yeah. And Tiamat's like, I'm going to figure it out. And she rips into Ollie's mind and she figures out what is going on. And she's she's just like talking. And she's one of those like, entertain me. I'm bored. Kind of like big gods. And Ali is like, is this the fuck you've been doing down here this whole time? <laughs> like you, you like this whole time? Like, screw you, the horse you rode in on, and, like, let's make a fucking bargain, because I'm done with this shit. And this is after, like, a fight with Sobek, and, like, being humiliated in front of all of the Marid, and a big, like, um, big, uh, co- like, communication situation happening between all of the Marid. And this is where... The bargain happens. And I do feel that we don't see men stripped of their powers enough. I'm sad it had to be Ali, but, you know. I agree. But you know what? I think I also appreciate that he was he was bigger picture. And that is an appreciation because they were like, we need to strip you of all your powers. Um, you can't, can't have your, like your Deva powers. You can't have your fire power. You will be more, they say, you will be more us than them. Because they were, you will basically you will your physical form will change shape your and he was like 
And it made me sad. It did make me sad because you know that the, you know, because Ron book three, how much his firepower meant to him, just conjuring a little bit. He worked so hard to conjure the flame. He, you know, that, that conjuring of the flame is how he and Nari kind of started working together and her understanding her power. I did feel bad for him. Oh, and then obviously like sharing like his name because we know what the power of knowing someone's, um, birth name or like real name i say real name in quotes um specifically for this book um the impact that that has but he knows that he needs the marid and like basically water people um to have their support because right now everybody's fucked and they have nothing if they're going to be kind of raising up and rising up against maniza and Tiamat knows because she's been in Ali's mind that Ali is ashamed of his Marid heritage and that he tries to like hide it. So her stripping him of his power also strips him of his gin like appearance. So he is stuck with um, all of his scars. They start to glow. His eyes are uh, yellow eyes now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, he's, he is different. He is not the same. He has, he describes it as like the heat is like coming out of him. Like he's cold. He feels like a cold Russian where the heat was. And I, I feel bad for Ali, but then he, he gets, um, kind of like brought in to the Marid kind of communication pool. And he understands that like for every dangerous Marid, there are like thousands of very peaceful Marid that just like kind of keep peace in their like little realms and stuff and he understands like the bigger picture of course we love a man a man that sees a bigger picture very very good um and 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 i like i like this this kind of deal that they cut um and you know he ali sees sobek's memory and he sees like it's more than a family it's 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 more um connected than that and that's that's really lovely especially for ali who has felt disconnected from so many things his entire life and it helps him understand where sobek was coming from where he's like i miss the way everybody used to communicate like it was just kind of like one shared tethered thought of knowing what was going around it was a very communal experience oh which absolutely. he hasn't had really since the citadel and as we know again from book two um the citadel like most of his brothers in arms have died. Yeah. And the only way he sees them again is later in this book as like a ghost army. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Absolutely yeah, that terrifying. whole thing was like, ooh. And we are so close to that. But first, Dara is ordered by Beniza to destroy all of the districts, uh, except for the David district, because she's lost it. Uh, and she needs she needs Zainab as a bargaining piece. So she's like, destroy them all one by one until Zainab surrenders. And he does. And Zainab does. She gives herself up at the hospital. And it is there that she sees that Maniza is controlling Dara. And she goes like sick. And um, Dara is overcome with shame. And he tries to slit his own throat here. And uh, he is not able to. No, and this is also so part of the controlling factor that Manisa has over Dara, too, is she has like contingencies. So not only is she going to use him as a weapon and tell him what to do, she's going to also tell him what not to do. And that includes he can't harm himself. He can't tell people that he's under her control. He she has like all these stipulations because he doesn't want uh, she doesn't want other people to be basically stop her 
so he can stop. And she's like, oh, and by the way, you're all go you're going to do all of this in your scourge form, which everybody was already terrified of from the 1400s when he last did this crazy pillage. Yeah, which he is so racked with guilt over and he talks about over and over and over again in his internal dialogue. Uh, here's our shadow. Here's our shadow. Our shadow shows up and our shadow takes Nari to the Perrys because the Perrys are pissed off. How did we feel about the Perrys? I didn't hate that. They seemed like they stayed in their own lane till it impacted them. And that's kind of what they say later on, too. And you had said in the beginning of this episode where they were like, what? We have to make this deal with you. And she doesn't know anything at this point. She just, she as in Nari. Nari just knows there's bigger things at play. She doesn't care what it takes. If that means taking herself out of the equation, too, she's willing to do it. But she knows she has to get um, it comes down to getting getting Dara out of it. And it just it was very um it was very Buffy for me. I just finished a season two or three rewatch when I was texting you the other night, where even when Angel's soul comes back, she's like, fuck, but I still got to do this. And that's what this moment really reminded me of. Oh, absolutely. Because Nari is like, huh. All right, well, let's make a fucking deal then. And I'm going to call all of you out because what the fuck is this? Also, by the way, the Zulfi cars and uh, the ring were given by the Perrys. Little lore there. Fun for us. The Perrys uh, have a very intricate system and they do not kill lesser beings. And if they do, they are indebted. And it's a whole thing that they try not to ever, ever, ever do. And they have deemed it permissible for um, Dara to be killed because he is now in this like weird form that they have not anticipated. Uh, but Maniza is not to be killed. She's not powerful enough, even though she's actually the one that is frightening the Peeries. Um, so Nari's like, okay. Which is why they gave her, her as a Nari, the special, I, they said a cool dagger. I imagine like this blue, so, oh, because they had the sapphire parry. I think I was like, ooh, this is going to be like a special cooling, like blue sapphire dagger. Like that's how I imagine that. Yeah. They get the dagger. Um, and she's like, you know, you have to kill Dara, right? And, uh, get on the shadow with the blade and go kill Dara, but not Maniza, go kill Dara. And, uh, Nari's like, fine. I can do that. Surely I can do that. There won't be any emotion there. Yeah. And Dara is like enemy number one to the Perrys. Like Perrys, like you said, like their only focus is because they're also seeing bigger picture. They don't, but they might not necessarily know that Maniza is controlling him, but they know that he is the one enacting on everything. Yeah. And it is just really wild shit. Um, but Nari's on her way. <laughs> Nari, Nari, Nari's on her way. Um, she, she, ha she has a whole, she has a whole plot with jump shit that I really like. Um, but Ali and Sobek are out, right? They are out of Tiamat's realm. They have shit to do, people to see, and uh, you know, asses to stop. So Sobek gives Ali uh, vestments and weapons from, I think it's Irma, the ancestor who. Uh, betrayed Sobek and left children, left Spawn. Um, so Ali has his vestments. And like, obviously, Sobek has like a very soft spot for that guy because he kept all of his stuff. Um, but Ali uh, travels the waters because he's like, 
Uh, I am going to get an army for Ali. We love a man who goes to beg other people for an army. It's very Rowan Whitethorn. I love it. Good. That was one of my notes. I had that. And then I also noted like Akawar, where they were like, we're getting an army. We're getting a whole and like specifically because of like the fleet, the Navy. And everybody was like, say Navy one more time. Say it one more time. We're so sick of hearing. But he was doing it. He was doing the thing. And he was they were. They were like, we don't have anybody, but we will. But we will. But we will. But we will. Uh, one of my favorite lines is coming up right here. And this is where ju- uh, Nari drugs jump shit. Uh, I love it. He's like, I, I don't need you to save me. I love it. I love I don't need you to save me lines. It's so good. Uh, I love so much that Nari could not go through with drugging Jamshed. I love that she brought him into the plan. I love the communication. I love the planning. I love the sibling. Like, you know, go, let's go. This is the part where I cried. I wasn't expecting to because you see that they're just having this bond and you're hurting because he's like divulging. He's being very vulnerable. And she's like, oh, this is making it so much harder. He goes, you, you drug the tea. It was the tea, wasn't it? And he's try. He's and he's so vulnerable. He loves her so much, and she's like, I don't know if this is how sibling relationships are supposed to be, but I love it. And everything that I love and I put hope, I always lose or it becomes broken. And I am just tired. I am tired of going through this time and time again. And she already has so much self-doubt. Like, what is it about me that everything I touch breaks? It has to be a me thing. And it's it's beautiful to see. And so, like, when he when she turns or you find out she turns around and you 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 know because we're gonna we're getting up to the scene where like you hear like oh and an arrow comes through and i'm like if this isn't job shed and this is where i was like yeah it's job shed it's so good it's so good also really good that i really liked is this huge confrontation uh between dara maniza and Nari, because Nari's on Mishmish. She's, she's landing in Devabad. She's in the market. She sees all the devastation. Uh, you know, uh, Dara's there and, you know, there's a little confrontation. She's like, why are you, ju- you're not 18 anymore. Why are you just following orders? Why are you doing this? Of course, Dara cannot say that he's enslaved. So he's like, he's like acting with his eyes. He's like, she, yeah. <laughs> and he's, she's not picking it up. She's not nope. picking up what he's putting down. I nope. also think like she's, she goes, I had this whole thing in my head. I was like, I'm going to pretend that I was like, I'm, so, I'm going to throw myself at him and use my, my feminine wiles. And then I'm going to gut him. Right. Like she's, she's ready. And then as she's flying in on Mishmish, she has the Devabad people. She hears them say like, Oh my God, it's the scourge. Cause they just see a flying thing. Because one of the things that we know from the scourge when he's like, doing his thing is he's on a flying horse so the fact that she's like piecing everything together oh my god they're scared of me oh my god david looks like shit he did some shit here and that everything that she had planned in her um re- reunion with him goes out the window she's like fuck you what the hell did you do here this is not the yeah. david i left i i know there wasn't magic but this isn't a result of that yeah, because then he conjures a leash and he's like, I need to take you to her. Like, I need to take you to her. Here's a leash. We need to go. She kind of said, humiliate the fuck out of you. It's like, I got to do it. Uh, but then the lightning flashes, which is Ifrit magic. 
Oh, Eford Magic. Sorry, I'm like still stuck on my jump shed notes. Oh, no. No, this is the lightning flashing. And this is Eford Magic. This is Maniza appearing. And this is bam. Hello, daughter. This is that. This is all of that. And Maniza's like, hey, 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 play your part. I'll bring you into the fold. Play your part. You can have a quiet, happy life here. But this is like, uh, we know that Maniza is a narcissistic parent. Uh, everything with her is conditional. And again, th- we still know her at this point as Maniza's mother. And even when Maniza had sent like her cronies to give uh, Nari uh, a message, more or less, she was like, fuck Maniza. And everyone's like, you really going to treat your mother like that? And she's like, yeah, because what parent does X, Y? I've seen what she's done. That is not the person that I am. So we already have like what she what she thinks of Maniza, the things that she's told Maniza from books two. Um, she's kind of done with it at this point. And she's like, no, I am not you, nor am I going to apologize. And both of you to think that I'm OK with what you're doing with anything here. Yeah, and it is so fucked up because right away we have job shit now. Jess, this is your moment. Um, shooting, shooting the bow, right? Uh, yeah, because she's like, she's like, oh, you're timing. Like, who? You're all alone now, and that's when he brings in the bow. And she's like, timing couldn't be better. No, I'm not alone, bitch. I got my brother riding on back. Like she was ready, and then that's how you find out everything that she, um, everything that unfolded that she went back, and then uh. The name now I'm like drawing a blank on the name where there were like there's a whole group of them that they're like we're all going to plot together against Maniza. Yes. And Maniza, of course, is like, my boy, my boy, my boy, my boy. Meanwhile, the lake is rising. Ali's coming through the lake with Fiza. We got ships coming up. What a scene. Love to see it. What a see I need, I need it. We need it. Please, somebody give it. <sighs> this shit goes so fucking hard because this is the backslide. This is it. This is it. Uh, we have uh, Maniza killing scouts and sending Ejma and Vizarash like off to do their things, right? They're going off to the Grand Temple. Things are going hard. She gives them Nari's true name, Jess, which is Gold, Gold Bahar. Gold Bahar. Gold Bahar. Gold Bahar. Gold Bahar. Golbahar, which is like a name and uh, is wild. Well, it's a name that gets everything clicking for Nari. She's like, why do I know that name? Why do I know? And then we know from like book one ish. She's like, I keep hearing these voices in my head all for it to circle back to. It's the memories that have come with Golbahar. And my note for for the word in chapter 42, I go, Damn, chapter 42 is a trip. Like, I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't know, like, where to start. And I had read it through the ebook too, because at this point I'm co reading. And I was like, highlight, highlight, chapter, plot. Like, this is some, you'd want to see it all unfold. But this is also a great part because she's, she knows this as her birth name, but she's also reminding herself, my name is Nari. My name is Nari. Like that is the constant internal um, conversation she's having with herself at this point, because we know the power of the name and the Efrits are like, your mother traded you. And by the way, that's not your mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Efrit, 
uh, Vizaresh and uh, Ashma have chained Nari and they have taken her away. Which isn't part of the thing, because at first they were like, no, Amaniza, you told us you would know X, Y, you would get the ring off. You told us this. You, and she was like, he's like, they were like, this isn't part of the deal. Basically, it was supposed to be handed over to us on a silver platter. We weren't supposed to put any work into it. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Figure that shit out on your own. I held up my end of the bargain. You you go off with her. That was the deal. And so they disappear with uh, Nari. Yep. Meanwhile, Ali is in the boats commanding the Navy. Jamshit is like, you know, zoomed out there. So he's out there. Uh, the, the dead bodies, the ghouls start to rise from the lake, Ali's brothers. And he, Ali, calls to the Marid kin in the lake and they answer his call and they kind of help them there. Um, the, uh, the lake Marid tells him you can enter the palace through the palace walls, like underneath where the water hits. Uh, there's also big globs of fiery, diseased blood being poured down from the sky. Uh, all of this shit is happening while the Ifrits are arguing, uh, just as you said, um, and they have all of the slave vessels, right? They're arguing about what to do, where to go. Um, and Vizarash ends up killing Eshma. So the Ifrits turn on each other, which I was not expecting. And neither was Eshma, to be fair. He was surprised as fuck. No, nobody was expecting everything. And they weren't expecting to not be able to control Nari either, because as we know, they have her, uh, we say her birth name, but she's also never known herself by that birth name. She has a given name that she kind of gave herself along with her um, parents in Cairo that gave her when they found her on the Nile. And she's like, that's who I am. I don't know who this gold Goldbahar chick is, but it's not me. So they were like, wait, what? We can't control her? And she gets herself out of that situation yeah and she flees and she takes the vessels and she goes to the palace where she sees like the menagerie is loose um she runs into akisa and akisa gives her a knife and then this all ends on the pavilion where gasan dies it's all very poetic and on that pavilion is maniza jamsit jamshit dara uh mishmish mishmish is there um, and Mishmish is the Abraxos of this story. It is he's coming through. It, it's so good. But this is where Maniza, uh, Maniza starts, she starts talking. She just starts talking and she's like, Nari's blood is tainted. Um, she's a Shafit. And you're just like, why are you saying all of this mean shit to your daughter? And then she's like, you're Rustrum's daughter. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, and then she's like, again, everybody loves spilling tea in this book because she tried, she now, okay, we know Ghassan pitted Muntadir, um, Zainab, and Ali against each other. So now, like, no wonder Ghassan was loving on Maniza because Maniza was trying to pit, um, Jamshid against Nari here. Tell, and he, you, cause she even says, like, ugh. Like, I see Jamshid's face when he's like, she's Shafi after everything. Like, I, and she goes, don't you, this is just proof that Shafi's are thieves and liars and can't be trusted. And this is also the moment where she didn't see coming with Jamshid to be like, that's my sister. And she's like, that's your cousin. And he goes, that is my sister. And I have your back because you're a crazy bitch. And 
she's completely turned on, like turned on her head. And, and it's also the part where she's like, Oh my gosh, everybody's against me. And you also have Dara who did you see this happening? That did you really think that Dara was in support of Maniza or you're like, this is a dupe. This is a fake out. It felt fake um, out. It felt fake out when he was like, let me give you peace. Like the way that he worded everything. I was yeah. like, oh, like it okay. was to cater to Maniza. So Dara's like, let me be the one. Jamshid is, he's going to come around. We have to get her, him out of her clenches, her being Nari. And Maniza's like, you're right. You're right. I'm tired. I hate fighting all my battles. Thank you for doing this for me, Dara. And Dara is like, let me do it. Get me the weapon. And he gets close enough to her and just like slits her throat. Yeah. And he stabs the fuck out of her, uh, which is amazing because uh, it starts snowing. Right. Um, and the Nari's like, what the fuck? She's dead. She's dead. What is going on? No, no, no. Uh, Nari stabs herself in the chest to take her to the Piri's land. Uh, very fun. I also really love that Nari does refuse to heal Maniza. Uh, cause Maniza, yeah, Maniza like looks at her and she, you know, it's got the, the knife in the chest and she's like looking. And Jamshed even asks. Yeah. And, Cause he's like, this is my mom. I already lost because we felt like at this point, Jamshed also has lost his dad at the, you know, and now he's like, I'm, yep. you know. Yep. So doesn't happen. She doesn't heal her. Uh, so Nari stabs herself, bargains with the Peris, is like, Hey, give magic back, you know, put the veil on there, do all the shit. The Peris are like, all right, fine, but we're enemies now. Nari's just like, fine. I don't care. Nari's like, I don't care. Uh, and it is there. You've made an enemy today. Yeah. That was the lock. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. fuck off. Fuck off. Um, Dara smashes the ring and he, he rips it off Manai's hand. That's good to know. Um, Suleiman's ring on Nari, uh, bonds finally to her and she, uh, heals the city, right? There's that big moment where she starts to like heal the city. Very beautiful, very lovely stuff. Um, and then she moves the city. I was not expecting her to move the city, but I do like how that kind of uh, really solidifies the bargain between her and like the Marid, the separation between the two of them with the mountain in the middle. Uh, very perfect, very lovely, very, um, very wicked king, very pulling, uh, pulling the island aisles, out. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I love when Nari finally wakes up and I wrote down everybody that is in her hospital room. It's Supa, Akiza, Ali, Dara, Jamshid, Zainab, Faiza, Alashia, and Razu. It's like, this is a found family, right? Like, the, the, a show not tell. This is a found family. Uh, the line is like, all of these people were here and they shouldn't have been, but we're all here because of this one person and this one person's like asleep on the bed. I, I love it. I love it. It was, it was so nice. Um, and Dara even says like, I did not realize that she had a family here. Yeah. Because at book one, it was all about like, I'm getting you out of here. I'm ta not realizing and even like, yeah, like not realizing this life that she created for herself. And, um, what was one of the things that, uh, they said to, uh, Dara was like, what did you say to her? Remember what you said to her that you don't want to be a burden or her burden. You bet. If you love her, you won't. 
And basically, you'll leave because this is what she has going for her here. Yeah. And which is really interesting because right after this, Razu has a nice conversation with Nari. And she's like, hey, Dara wants to talk to you in the forest. And this is where a nice, uh, I thought this was very nice, where Dara's like, hey, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to cross the veil. I will be alive for centuries in this body. I am going to track down Viziresh and all of the slave vessels in the world. I'll put them in the cave where we made out that one time. Tell your children's children about it. Um, you will never see me again. Uh, and, and you know, it's sad. It's, it's sad. Sa- it's sad. It's, but it's... He says, I want, this is my penance. I want to do this penance. Right. And because there is, a, like, earlier in this book, he talks about, like, well, haven't you, you've always been on basically the brink of death. Didn't you ever want to cross over? Like, you've seen your mother, you've seen your sisters. And we know that because of how the beginning of book two started. Um, and because of all of his internal dialogue, he he says he never really went because he didn't feel like he earned it. And this goes, you know, him working through his penance because even even nari's like do you know what that like yours was a tiny ass ring imagine if everybody had tiny ass rings like it's going to take you forever and she goes he's like well it's a good thing i have forever then you don't know bye yeah (laughs) yeah he's like um you know i won't be alone i'm gonna have adventures i can become the wind Find your happiness. So, like, Dara is finally like, go be with Ali. Like, that's what you want. Go be with Ali. You will never hear from me again. And I do like that very clean break uh, between the two of them. So that is very nice. Um, uh, While that is happening, Ali is getting fucking teased to death by Zainab and (laughs) Mutadir. And that's just the best. I love that. And he also has some sort of closure with his with the Marid too, right before the teasing, because he's kind of in this split idea of like, I'm Mar- Marid and she's Deva and Shafit. Like, this could never work. And so Beck's like, hey, so like mixed people would be really swell right now. Like, how badass would that be to solidify that her being water and Shafit and or fire and Shafit and you're being water like it could work in everybody's favor. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Like, if, if, if you have, like, feelings for, like, this random Buna, uh, Banu Nahid. Which, by the way, Mutadir and Nari are divorced. That was one of the first things that they did is they got divorced and had tea burning their marriage papers. Like, they were, they are very happy. And it's, like, everything's coming out. And also, Mutadir doesn't know that Ali knows about, like, the love that he has for Jamshed. So Muntadir is like, yeah, so I'm not going to live at the palace for a while. Like, I think Jamshed has like extra play, like extra room at his place. I might crash with him for a bit. And Ali's like, this is not, you know, I, he doesn't know that I know. And I hope we get to a place where he feels that he can talk to me and like share this wonderful, loving relationship. I understand that I did not necessarily create a a hospitable environment based on my upbringing at the Citadel and how like tried and true I was with book one. And this goes back to what you said earlier in this episode, Laura, it was like the character arc and the growth that, um, that Ollie has from book one. 
It's amazing. It is just amazing. Especially when uh, Nari is like, I'm not going to live in the palace either. I'm going to have a house in the Shafi district. Uh, by the way, my name, Gobahar, it means a spring flower. Uh, and I am packing all of my stuff and I am going to, um, be out there and be my, ha- and like get my happiness and heal people and be among the people. And I want to be away from the palace. And by the way, Ali, visit me. Visit me, Ali. I want you there because I haven't seen you in a week. And Ali's like, well, Zainab said I can be smothering. So she said to leave you alone for a little bit. And Nari's like, don't, don't leave me alone. Like, I, I want this. What she, and of course, what we know, what she's saying is like, I want to build a life with you. Um, and she wants it slowly. Uh, she does say like, I want it like at my own pace. They have centuries that they can build a life together. Well, and she's very cautious because again, we know that she, um, she feels that everything that she touches goes to shit and she doesn't want that she has a lot of trauma and one of the lines even in this book is like i suppress trauma for a reason kind of thing like i do it to survive and um and she she's she's working through that but she has ali who wants to work through that with her it's so sweet but then ali's like hey i have your memories do you want your memories and nari's like yes immediately give me my memories uh the memories very quickly is just um uh duria what grew up a very lonely childhood she could speak to animals she had the gold flecked eyes uh she is shafi but uh a bounty hunter came to her and said like hey you gotta go they took her to davabod and she and her father were given palace jobs uh rushim rushdom uh, met her, their meat cute was about plants. Very sweet because he was in the garden or grove the whole thing. Um, Rustam and Duria got pregnant and Rustam and Maniza helped smuggle them away. Um, but Rustam eventually says he wanted a family and then Maniza murders him. And then, um, Duria ran to the human world with the baby and had the emerald ring. And hurled it into a field. That's how that happened. And Duria begged and stole her way to get back to um, Egypt. And she got close to Cairo. She got to that village. And then she ended up speaking to Sobek again and made a bargain. He masked Nari's appearance so that she looked um, not shafit. And then Maniza came for them. That's the burned village. And then again with the Sobek bargain, take this night from her. You're going to get uh, Duria's own blood. And then um, Nari cries and she finally feels at peace. She finally has all of herself. Yeah, it's a closure because she doesn't know. She knows she has biological parents. She doesn't know who they are. She doesn't know who she is. Um, but she knows that she has connections to these things throughout the course of her stories and doesn't know what those connections are. So it's there's so much closure in grieving because grieving is such a important part of that process. Um, but it's beautiful. It's also terrifying because 
I mean, you have human trafficking that's happening with the bounty hunter to Devabad. You have a, a worried father who doesn't realize, like, he's thinking Devabad's going to be the safe place because he wants his daughter to know where she is in the city that, like, you know, brought him and his wife together. And then he's like, wait, get her out, get her out. Like, this is my, my sister's a crazy bitch, like, in his dying breath. And, you know, Sobek is, it's just, it's a beautiful story. It's a tragic story, though, too. Another beautiful, tragic story is that the old man in the kitchen is her grandfather. We love when Nari goes down to the kitchen and he's like, I knew, I knew, I knew you look just like her. You know, you honor your memory. Um, I regret how I treated her. Uh, he says like he treated his daughter badly and he didn't wasn't there to support her when she got pregnant and that's on him and that he saw that everyone was treating Nari like royalty and he didn't want to take that away from her. And so she has like a like biological family right there with her. And I think that is so beautiful. And then this is the end. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Epilogue six months later. We have Ali and Nari. They are happy. They are partners. They are trying to govern the city they are running a council they're trying to get it all set and i love this ending line nari always smiles at her marks it's a good it and you know what it's not a heavy epilogue either like i think it, it's only a couple minutes you know compared to like every chapter being about an hour each um it's so and i like that they're moving things around because at this point even with where we were beginning the series you ultimately assume that, and we all we've already covered what happens when we assume. Um, you you're led to believe that Nari's going to be the new ruler, and she doesn't want any of that. She just, you know what? She she wants to stay in her lane. She wants to heal people. She wants to make the community better and have more of a community that she never had growing up. And she wants to share that with Ali. Mujadir doesn't want anything to do with it. Zainab's like, I got shit to do. I got people to hang out with. Like, I'm going to live my best princess life. Um, and it really is starting a new way of how things are going to be governed. That being said, they're going to move the throne to like a place where the kids are going to play at this like museum and this other part of town. And she, But she's still like, but I still want to I wanted to see how this would feel for a hot second because this feels really good. And Ollie's like, you know, you could that, that's a that's going to be public property. You could sit on it whenever you want. She goes, but it doesn't feel right to take it away from the kids like the whole kids are the next generation like you. She, she really is trying to build a better future along with the people um, that she has in her circle, like what the what the next what the next things and steps are going to look like. This is the end of the book. This is the end. It's so good. Jess, do you like this book? I love this book. I want to know what your favorite part was. My favorite part is not what you would expect at all, at all, at all, at all. My favorite part is when Dara sees Maniza in the arena. It's when he finally breaks and he sees the horror. I like a big, like, kind of... um cumulative kind of action kind of moment and that's a huge conflict and like driving motion in the story like 
That's it. And imagine it on screen with like dark, the sky's dark behind her. She's covered in blood. It's like a, a re, like a Roman arena is how I kind of picture it, even though I'm sure it's not with, um, you know, bodies everywhere. The sand is soaked with blood. The Efrit on the lightning are commanding the death. Like, oh my God. Very gladiator. Like Very. imagining like you're like focal, like, close-up shot slow-mo of everything ha- like the the close-up shot is to show the wheels turning and everything ha- like shit shit you get it <laughs> you get it you get I, it see this is why we both need to be in tv development sometimes what what's your favorite <sighs> i loved there's two parts that i can't decide um but they're both sibling related which was the jump shed and um the Jamshed and Nari scene coming together, like where I started crying. And the, the third one, when, uh, Ollie, Muntadir and Zainab, the three of them towards the end, teasing each other because they have come so far despite everybody's toxic parents, all the shit that they came through. They were able to like, communicate and realize it was never them against each other and it's just a continual theme of the many themes that are going on in this book um romance never being one of them like yeah it's yeah. a story but it's not even like a tertiary plot yeah no uh no spice no spice none none one kiss <laughs> uh and it's it's wonderful you don't you don't need it. Not to say like romance isn't wonderful. Romance is absolutely wonderful. But in a story like this, um, it, it, it you don't you don't need it. And I think that the relationship between Nari and Ali would not benefit from any sort of spice. The story or, wouldn't either. No, not at all. It would be jarring and out of place. And so I. I need to shut up about this. I will just no. gush about it forever. It's well, I just know. so Editor wonderful. Sam wants us to shut up about it. And that's why this this episode is two is going to be broken up into two parts. Um, but it's it like you said, not every and we've you've spoiled us because uh the most recent books that we've read in the, the and even though the order that we're releasing them might be a little bit different. Um we went from the Bane Chronicles, which is an anthology, again, no spice. No crazy romance. And this beautiful story that you just, I don't know how we're going to pick up our next read knowing we just ended with this. But we will do our best as always. We will, we will of course. We have exactly, we try to be um, just excited about everything that we read. But as everybody knows, when it comes to book slumps, sometimes you're like, wait, how do I pick up the next one? What if I just wanted to start all over again? But we don't have time for that <laughs> this second. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And we hope to talk to you all soon. Feel free to reach out. Bye. Bye.